Welcome to Coffee and Conversations with Lakeisha. We're glad you've joined us today. Get ready for some kingdom conversation. Now here's your host, Lakeisha M. Johnson. No Thank you, 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 No,なんなんなんなんなんなんなんなんなんなんなんなんなんなんなんなんなんなんなんなんなんなんなんなんなんなんなんなんなんなんなんなんなんなんなんなんなんなんなんなんなんなんなんなんなんなんなんなんなん
My God, my God, my God, we thank you. The angels worship and adore you. We worship and adore you. My God, we thank you. My God, we bless you. My God, we praise you. My God, we glorify you. What a mighty, 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 mighty God we serve. And if God is for us, who can be against us? Who can be against us? Lord God, we thank you. Lord God, we bless you. Lord God, we praise you. My God, we lift up the name of Jesus. 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 My God, we glorify you. My God, we bless you. My God, we praise you. Lord God, we thank 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 you. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Holy, 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 holy is he. My God, we bless, we praise you, we magnify you and glorify you in Jesus' name. Well, welcome to Coffee and Conversations um, with Lakeisha. I am Lakeisha M. Johnson, a.k.a. LMJ, and um, we're getting ready to get into prayer. Um, Remember, for the next Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, I am going to be specifically praying for you. I want you to send in your prayer request to contact us at LakeishaMJohnson.com. And I'll give you, we'll give you all the other announcements in a minute. I want you to send in your, your prayer, contact us at LakeishaMJohnson.com. And if you got a specific prayer request, I would love to intentionally be able to pray for you over the next few days, but you got to send it to that email address because what I don't want to happen is I don't want your prayers to get lost um, in any of my other emails. So if you'll send your prayer request, I would love to be in agreement with you. I would love to call out your name before God. I'm going to answer those prayers. Um, I'm going to pray those prayers and pray for you. I'm going to pray intentionally for you. I'm not just going to pray anything. I'm going to pray the will of the father. I'm going to stand in agreement with you. We've already gotten several prayer requests in. I was reading through prayer requests this morning and just letting my spirit be saturated with the, what the Lord is saying. So if you got a particular something, you know, you need to see God do, I want to pray the will of the father for you. That's contact us at LakeishaMJohnson.com. And for those of you who were on the devotional yesterday, remember we are over the next seven days praying for our nation praying for the body of Christ. Yesterday we prayed for unity. Today our prayer is going to be for peace. (laughs) I just, I believe I receive when I pray. So if we pray for unity, I expect to start seeing unity throughout the world. Like I expect to see unity. I expect it. I'm not just praying something, hoping God, I'm praying the will of our father in this earth which is for us to be unified in the body and for us to be unified in this nation and and for us to be unified throughout this world and so we pray for unity today we are going to pray for peace and i am standing in that today right uh my pastor taught sunday what about chaos and 
it resonated in me and chaos is anxiety, worry, fear, all of those things that are chaotic, anything that we were not, are not supposed to be walking in. And so I'm like, no chaos, no chaos, 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 chaos causes us to act out. Um, chaos causes this nation to act out. Chaos means we are not in a sound so we need the peace that passes all understanding. That's the peace we need to see manifested. We need to see the peace that passes all understanding. And so today we're going to lift up the nation. We're going to pray for peace. If you have a prayer request, feel free to drop it below. Somebody will pray for you. That's just how this community of believers or be believer works. But if you have something that you are believing God for and you need to have somebody come in agreement with you, I want you to pray. I want you to send me those prayers. I do not want you to like be specific. God likes for us to be specific, be specific so that I can pray for you. So let's get our mindset in the mind of prayer. Um, and let's pray for peace in this nation. And then we're going to get in the word today. Remember, we are, we are studying this series. We started a series on learning to hear God better. And then God brought us to the place this week to learn how to manage and deal with our emotions. And it's funny because I thought that's why I, I'll get into that in a minute. But remember how we always, um, we say that we don't come before the word of God, assuming we knew every, know everything. I thought I was in just this best place. And then God was just showing me how certain things can pull on me emotionally. So we're going to get into that in just a little bit. We're going to rightly divide the word of God, but let's begin to intercede for our country. Father God, we thank you. Father God, we bless you. We praise you. We magnify you. We glorify you, Father. We lift up the name of Jesus and we thank you, Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, we surrender and submit to your authority today. My God, Father, we ask that you forgive us, Father God. Forgive us for acting out in chaos. Forgive us for not being aligned with your word. Forgive us, Father God, for not being sensitive enough to the Holy Spirit. We repent not only for ourselves, but we repent for this nation as well, you are a God of peace. You are a God of order, Lord God. So today, Father God, we pray for peace. We pray for freedom from disturbance. We pray for tranquility. We pray, Father God, for the end of war, Lord God. We need your peace that passes all understanding, Father God. For chaos has been causing anxiety, fear and worry and this nation to act out and the church to act out and the people of God to act out, Lord God. And we know that is not of you, Father God. According to Isaiah 26 and 3, you said you will keep in perfect peace those who mind are steadfast because they trust in you, Lord God. Let us begin to operate in a steadfast mind, Lord God. Let us be unmovable. Let us be unshakable. Let us be faithful towards your word. Let us cast down every wicked imagination, anything that exalts itself against the knowledge of you. Let us stand bold. Let us stand vibrant in you, Father God, so that we are submitted to your word. Second Timothy 1 and 17 says, for the spirit God gave us that not make us timid, but it gives us power, love and self-discipline, Lord God. So we thank you, Holy Spirit, for helping us to walk in self-discipline. Father God, 
God, we thank you, Lord God, that we are so full of your love. And because you first loved us, Lord God, that we operate in that same measure of love towards each other, Father God. We thank you, Father God, according to your words in Philippians 4, 6, and 7. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present our request to God. So Father God, we thank you that your peace is sweeping, my God, throughout the nation, your peace in our household, your peace in our job, your peace in our churches, your peace in the White House, your peace in the Senate, your peace in the house, my God. We drive out every force of darkness, every spirit of anxiety, every spirit of worry, every spirit of chaos in the name of Jesus. We drive them out, Lord God, every spirit of strife, every spirit of contention, every spirit of dissensions in the name of Jesus. We drive out the spirit of division, Father God. We thank you, Lord God, that your peace is settling on this nation, settling in our hearts, Lord God, that we will not be anxious. We will not be timid. We will not be moved by what we see, that we will continue to pray the will of the Father in this earth. It doesn't matter what the news says. It doesn't matter what what the reports are giving. We will stay steadfast in your peace, Father God. We long for you. We thirst for you, Father. Like the deer planted pants after the water, Lord God. We long for you, Lord God. Quench our thirst, Father God, with your word. Satisfy us you with your peace, Lord God. My God, let your peace guard us. Let it be our umpire, Lord God. Let your peace be our umpire. Let your peace be the thing that judges every circumstance and every situation. And before we put our mouth on someone, Father God, or before we feel like we need to judge a situation, Lord God, let your peace come into our hearts. Let your peace overwhelm us. Let your peace be the guiding force. Let your peace make us steadfast, Lord God. Let us become unshakable in our faith. Let us become unmoved by what we see. Let us be steadfast. Let us be steadfast, steadfast in you, Lord God, steadfast in your word, Lord God. My God, first Corinthians 15, 58 says, therefore, my brothers and sisters, be steadfast, unmovable, always excelling in the Lord's work, knowing that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. So father God, we thank you, Lord God, that our prayers for peace in our hearts, our mind, our spirit, soul, and body is not in vain, Lord God, that you're going to answer that we're going to see your, your peace sweep through this nation, father God. Now humble our, we humble our hearts before you. We come to you, Father God, emptying ourselves out. We come before you emptying ourselves out, Lord God. My God, we are broken vessels. We, we do not know enough. We are mindful of you, Holy Spirit. We submit and surrender this time to you. We bind every distraction right now in the name of Jesus. We drive out every force of darkness that has been hindering us, that's been delaying us, that's been keeping us from hearing. <laughs> we drive out those forces right now. We will not be entangled in our emotions. My God, we thank you for delivering us from ourselves, delivering us from our emotions, Lord God. So nothing stands in the way of us hearing you. Father God, we thank you, Lord God, that we are able to operate in a sound mind, 
in a sound mind in Jesus name. Amen. In a sound, like in a sound mind that we are able to operate in a sound mind (laughs) in Jesus name. Amen. In a sound mind, immovable, unshakable, my God, not confused, not distracted, not overwhelmed, not consumed, but in a sound mind in Jesus name. Amen. I want to read this little bit of scripture to you. It kept coming to me this morning. And then we're going to get into the word today. Um, If you are new to the devotional, welcome. Um, You can drop a a thing and say, hey, I'm new here and we will welcome you in. Um, We uh, practically we are very practical in the word. If this is your first time on the devotional, very practical. What does this mean? (laughs) What does this mean to us? How do we apply this? Um, and so you'll get a little bit of psychology, some sociology, and it'll all be entangled in the word. So just hold tight. But Romans five and six, it says, when we were utterly, utterly helpless, Christ came at just the right time and died for us sinners. For now, most people would not be willing to die for an upright person, though someone might perhaps be willing to die for a person who is especially good. But God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. And since we have been made right in God's sight by the blood of Christ, he will certainly save us from God's condemnation. For since our friendship with God was restored by the death of his son, while we were still his enemies, we will certainly be saved through the life of his son. So now we can rejoice in our wonderful new relationship with God because our Lord Jesus Christ has made us friends of God. You got to say that I am a friend of God. God, I am a friend of God. You got to know who you are in the word so that as the enemy talks to the lower man of you, not the spiritual man of you, that you're able to receive what God is saying to you by faith, right? First Corinthians two fourteen is a foundation of what we deal with on this devotional. And it simply says the natural man does not accept the things that come from the spirit of God for they are foolishness to him and you cannot understand them because they are spiritually discerned. So you got to say to yourself, Lord, help me to spiritually discern this. I've got to begin to learn how to spiritually discern the things of God. I cannot let my emotions lead me. My emotions will keep me from hearing God, right? My emotions will, um, have led me all over the place at times. And so we're going to back this up in scripture. I, um, titled today's devotional. What am I saying? Right? Yesterday was what am I feeling? Today's devotional is what am I saying? What am I saying? And why am I saying this? Right? So let's define emotion. Hopefully you got your notebooks. Hopefully you got your Bibles. Hopefully you're ready to get in this. Let's define emotion. Um, this morning as I was, uh, sitting, sitting and meditating on the devotion, This is a personal thought, right? And I just want to share this with you. This is a really personal thought. And I was like, there has to be a moment in which we don't care about what anybody else feels about our relationship with God. Like there has to become a therefore moment. There has to become a defining moment when we do not care We do not care. Like there has to be a place where it's like, you know what? Not that I don't like what? 
<laughs> my relationship with God is my relationship with God. And it does not matter what anybody else thinks about my relationship with God, right? It only matters about God and I, what does God think about my relationship? Because at the point that I remove other people out of it, right? Especially when I'm trying to sell out, especially when I'm in a position in a place and I hear God calling me into, um, um, just what am I saying? <laughs> like when I feel God calling me into a place of depth in him, there has to be place where I'm more consumed with him than where I'm consumed with people. There has to become a position. There has to become a stance where I don't spend time worrying what people are going to think about where I am in this place in my life with the only God that can provide for me, that loves me, that's faithful, that's incapable of failing me. There has to be like there, there has to be a moment in where I draw my line in the sand and I make the decision that what everybody else says about me does not matter as long as my life is hidden in Christ, right? As long as I'm not, not, not long as my life is hidden in Christ, right? That's good, Ronald. That's a very good way to say it. Not a pride for a judgmental way, but in a walking with God closer kind of way. Absolutely. Absolutely. Not that I'm judging where they are, not that I'm pride for where they are, but this is where I am with God. I'm, I'm in this space with God and it's okay for me to be in this space because once we hit what I call the sweet spot, and this is what I mean by the sweet spot. Once I hit what we call the sweet spot, and when I say sweet spot, that moment where God and I are walking closer, the enemy is going to come with an intensity. And even the people that have walked with you in your in, in Christ, like say folks, say folks, folks that go to church with you will start trying to convince you that it doesn't take this level of depth to be in a relationship with God and our carnal nature loves to sign off on that. Our carnal nature loves to sign off on that. So go back. The narrow path is narrow <laughs> and it even, and it even says in the word that it's going to be hard for the righteous to get in. So if the narrow path is so narrow, <laughs> right? Uh, one of my friends had a dream about the narrow path. It was one foot in front of the other. If the narrow path is so ever, she told me two significant things. She was climbing a hill and she said, as I was climbing a hill, there was literally one foot in front of the other. And she said, and the other thing that I noticed that as I was making this climb, I only had space for me and God. That's it. I only had space for me and God. I did not have space for anything else. I only had space for me and God. So I think there has to be a divine defining moment where you push everybody out. She said on the inside, that was the word she used. She said on the inside, I only had space for me and God. And so I, I think we need to pause and ask ourselves in the morning, this morning, like what, what, what else is in the ins? Come on. What else is in the inside? Like, what else is in the inside? What else is in my thoughts, right? I'm not managing my thoughts, right? What else is in the inside? There's nothing else to be in the inside but me and God.
Like there's nothing else to be on the inside. There's nothing else to be governing my thoughts. There's nothing else to be governing my emotions, but me and God. That's good. <laughs> that's good. That's like, that's, that's good. She's like, I had no room. Like I had no, no room for anything else, but me and God, my God. And when she gave me that, I really started meditating on what are the other things that I've had in the space with you and me, because there's nothing else that's supposed to be in that space, but you and me, but, but just you, just you, not a whole lot of other external favor. That's good. Tammy, keep me in the moment. Not another being practice, being present, not another, all, not all these other emotional, not all these other emotional things are supposed to be in the way. So I want to give you a couple things. I want to give you a definition for a moment. And then I want you to give, I want to give you how emotions work because I think we need a very tangible thing when it comes to emotions. So let me give you the definition. Let me talk to you about what, what emotions are. And then let me tell you how emotions work. Right. And then after I give you what emotions are, and I tell you how emotions are, we're going to look at a couple of things with Moses. We're going to wrap, we're going to wrap this up. I'm going to give you a few announcements and we're going to chew on this. We're going to digest this because we have no room to allow our emotions to lead us in this season. And we won't even Can I challenge you in something this morning? Can I really challenge you? And I want you to do me a favor and do this. I want you to go back when we end the devotional today, I want you to go back to your personal Facebook page and I want you to go down and start looking at your post. And I want you to ask yourself, why did I say this? Why did I share this? And how can God get the glory out of this? Why did I say this? Why did I share this? And how does God, not myself, how does God get the glory out of this? Because we are going to learn and in managing our emotions, we were probably less spiritually mature than we thought. <laughs> we were probably less spiritually mature than we thought. That was the big tada for me last night, right? It was where, why did I say this? Why did I post this? Why did I share this? What was this really, really really about why didn't I journal this, right? Why didn't I just meditate this? Why did I even ask God about this? Did God and I even talk about was this necessary? Because when we are led by our, or why didn't I share something that I know God asked me to share? Or why am I not saying something that God has asked me to do? Like, what is going on? And I promise you, your Facebook always tells a story. And if you're not a Facebooker, go back and check your text messages because they're more personal. Go back and take, check like several of your text messages and ask yourself, why did I say this? Why, why did I say this? Why, what, what was I doing? What was the point of this? Why did I feel like I needed to why did I feel like I needed to say this? Right. Why did I, why did I, why did I feel like I need to say this? Because if I'm not able to discern, if I'm not able to discern my whys, I'm going to continue in the same behavior. So what is an emotion? An emotion is a natural instinctive state of mind deriving from one's circumstances, mood or relationships with others. 
There's some key things at the end of that. An, an emotion is a natural instinctive state of mind deriving from one's circumstances, mood, or relationships with others. So a key factor to our emotions have to do with others and what we allow others. Now, if I don't have any space for others inside of me, then others don't manage my emotions or others don't govern my emotions or others don't, um, others don't dictate. Others don't dictate why I respond the way that I respond. I remember I had a therefore moment with my mother and I was hot, right? I was hot. And I'm telling you, anger is the thing that I have to manage. Well, I was hot. I was livid. And I called my mom and I was like, man, they made me so mad. And I remember she said this significantly. She said, no one made you anything. You made a decision to get mad. And I said, you know what? <laughs> and I just let that rest there. And I just sat in that. And I said, you know what? You are absolutely right. You are absolutely right. And from that moment on, I made two decisions. I'm not going to let me, anybody make me mad. And I'm also, and I, I am also not going to make a, I'm making a decision that I'm not going to get offended. Those are two things that two of my governing principles, I'm not going to let you make me mad and I'm not going to get offended. Two principles, two principles. It's a choice. It's a choice. If I receive offense, it's a choice. If I get mad, those are my two governing principles. So when people say, I know you're probably mad at me, baby, I don't have time to get mad. I don't have, I don't have time to get mad because my mad is really mad, right? My mad is really, my mad is really mad. I know myself. My mad is really mad, right? My, and if I get offense, I know that's another issue of mine. If I take offense, then I won't talk to you for my flesh will not talk to you for a lifetime, right? That spiritual immaturity. My flesh will not talk to you for a lifetime if I get offended. So I had to personally make a decision. I will not get mad and I will not get offended. And I get to manage. I get to manage how I respond to every circumstance and situation. So there's three key elements of emotion. One, there's the subjective experience, right? There's a subjective experience. And what I mean by a subjective experience, I mean, there's something that happens, right? There's a graduation, there's a marriage, there's a divorce, um, there's a baby, there's, um, there's debt, there's a death. That's a subjective experience, right? And your experience can range from mild or your experience can range to annoyance. And then your experience can go into rage, right? And for some reason, we don't always experience the pure forms of our each emotion, right? Most of us kind of have mixed emotions. Um, sometimes we can be in a state in a place in which something good happens to us. Like we may get blessed with a new house, but the move may stress us out. The move, the move may stress us out. And so 
um, sometimes mixed emotions. So we have the subjective experience. And then after we experience whatever we experience, somebody may cuss us out. Somebody may go off on us, whatever it is. We read something, whatever, whatever the subjective experience is, the thing that happens next is our psychological response. And I'm getting ready to back this up in the word. Bear with me. The thing that happens next is our psychological response, right? What's psychologically happening to me? Am I, am I getting nervous? Am I getting overwhelmed? Am I giving a, a, a um, um, irritated? Um, I get a fight or flight response, right? Either I'm about to fight you or I'm going to withdraw and I'm going to retreat from this circumstance in this situation. And I'm not going to deal with this circumstance situation. Remember, I told you my way of dealing with emotions was being walled, right? Walling our emotions up, which are not healthy as well. Let me emotionally put myself behind this wall to protect me. Right? So we don't want to do that. And so we've got this emotion here, right? So we, once we have this emotion, we're either going to fight or we're going to flight. That's going to respond. Then after the psychological response, after the stress, after the overwhelming, after the feelings start surging, when your feelings start moving or you feel nervous, so you got to run to the bathroom. That's the psychological response. Then the next thing that happens is your behavioral response, your behavioral response. And so whatever I say next, right? Whatever I say next has to do with what has been going on with me psychologically. Here is where one of the problems occurs at the point that the psychological, because most of us have assumed the way that we are responding to this is normal and natural, right? Right. We don't always, because most of us have assumed this because most of us, um, can't wrap our head around controlling our emotions or controlling what we say, or the fact that God has given us a way to control our emotions at the point of the psychological response is usually where we lose it. Can somebody shout for me at the point of the psychological response is usually where we use it. And so my behavioral response, what I say or do next has a lot to do what happened at the place of the psychological response. Go back to what we were praying for this morning. We were praying for peace, right? And my uncle talked about chaos this morning. So if chaos presents a threat or a situation to me in which I feel like I am threatened or I feel like I'm consumed, I'm just being honest. If, if chaos presents that to me, or if a circumstance or a situation presents something to me, like I'm in danger or whatever, however, I psychologically respond or however I've been conditioned to psychologically respond to this is going to determine what I happen happen next. Right. For some of you who still cuss, I know that ain't none of y'all, but for some of you who still deal with profanity, um, let me break it down for you. It's going to determine whether I cuss you out or not. <laughs> that that's, that's the truth. How I'm feeling is going to determine whether I cuss you out or not. That's what's going to determine what I have next. How I'm feeling is going to determine how I respond to what happens, right? Because psychologically, I'm not giving myself enough time to pause and process out what's happening. I'm letting my body and my feelings dictate my response. So what I'm, what am I saying? 
I'm saying whatever my body told me. I'm saying whatever my emotions told me to say. I'm not saying absolutely anything logical. I'm not saying anything absolutely rational. I'm not doing anything with the wisdom of God. I'm responding because my psychological response sent me in a direction that I didn't let the Holy Spirit gird me with truth. I didn't let the Holy, I didn't let the Holy Spirit. I didn't let the Holy Spirit. I didn't even pause to ask the Holy Spirit, his opinion. And the Holy Spirit is the gatekeeper. I didn't even pause. I didn't even pause. And can I tell you something for those of us that have sensitive areas, right? Have sensitive areas. Um, I'm gonna use kids for an example. Kids. Most of us mothers are very protective of our kids. Sometimes the protectiveness of our kids also leads us in a place to be very blind where our kids are concerned. Love hopes for the blessed. I'm not talking about love doesn't hope for the best. Love hopes, love, hope, love hopes for the best, right? We want our kids to be good, but somebody may be talking to us about something that they see with our kids, not in a negative, negative or derogatory way, but because we are already in our minds walled up in our emotions where our kids are concerned the minute that someone presents something to us about our kids we get heightened we get upset we get overwhelmed we get consumed and then our next response is based on that even though what the person had told us might very well be the truth my very my very know your kid, know your kid jacked up, know your kid, know your kid jacked up. And the person might have a solution for you, but because you're already walled where your kids are concerned, can't nobody talk to me about my kids. No, somebody got to be able to talk to you about your kids because there's wisdom in the multitude of counsel. So anytime you come to me about my kids, I already have a psychological response that's being triggered. And then my next response is to defend them at all costs, to defend them at cost. I love my sons. I am very protective when it comes to my tribe. <laughs> very, anybody will tell you, they know, they know how this mother feels about her sons, right? So I had to psychologically put myself in a position and a place so that how I felt, how I felt towards them did not leave me blind in how I handled them and how I received what I needed to receive some wisdom in dealing with them. I had to learn how to manage my emotions and my response because what I was doing was I was trying to be their defender and not let God defend them. Right? I was trying to be their defender and not let God defend them. Right? I was trying to stand in the way of God, right? Well, people attack. I'm not talking about people who attack. People go attack. People are malicious. But my response to the attack is everything. You know when your kids jacked up. You know when your kids got stuff going on, they ain't got no business. You, you know that. You, you absolutely know that. And so here's the thing that was for me. May not be for you. Here was what my response was coming out of. I was responding the way that I was responding because in my head, I felt as if you bring something to me about one of my kids, 
that it was a personal attack against me and it was saying that I failed as a mother. That's, 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 that's what my internal words, my internal thinking was. And because that was my internal words and my internal thinking, that was the thing that was leading my decisions, right? That was leading my decisions because anytime you brought something up where my kids was concerned in my head, it articulated to I'm a bad mother. And because it articulated to I'm a bad mother, then my defense mechanisms were very emotional. That that's just personal. My defense mechanisms were very emotional where they concerned and not really solid. And so if my kids are still a tender place for me, I don't answer much. I just say, I don't know. I'm just being honest. <laughs> I, I don't know. Well, what's going on with them? I don't know. Especially where my adult children are concerned. I don't know, but they covered in the blood. I don't, I don't get into a lot of conversation. I don't get a lot of debate with that because that's a tender space in which I still have to do some growing up. Right. In which I have to do some growing up and I have to be a mature in. And those are the things we need to recognize. Same for your marriage, same for your purpose, same for your career. You got to watch what psychologically triggers your response for you to respond the way, because as we study emotions this week, you're going to begin to discern what's emotionally and what's spiritually immature versus what's mature. That, 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 that was mature. So let me give you a few scriptures to back. Let me give you a few things. So Moses, we're going to get into Moses. I want us to just look at Moses this morning. This is Moses. We're in chapter Exodus two, chapter two. Um, many years later, when Moses had grown up, he went out to visit his own people. This is 11 verse, the Hebrews. And he saw how hard they were forced to work during his visit. He saw an Egyptian beating one of his fellow Hebrews. After looking in all directions to make sure no one was watching. So I need you to hear this. <laughs> Listen to what he did after looking in all directions to make sure no one was watching. Right. Moses psychological response was due to the beating of the Egyptians. But at the point that he was looking in all direction to make sure no one was watching was the point that he could make the decision to do something different. At the moment of the pause was when Moses could have decided that I'm going to do this a little bit differently, but he did not. His emotions led him and Moses killed the Egyptian and hid the body in the sand. <laughs> he hid the body in the sand. The next day when Moses went out to visit his people again, he saw the two Hebrew men fighting. Why are you beating up your friend? Moses said to the one who started the fight, the man replied, who appointed you to be our prince and judge? Are you going to kill me as you killed the Egyptian did yesterday? Right? So he killed his witness, right? He killed his witness. Can I, can I, <laughs> he, he killed his witness. So, um, one time, right? I was very protective of my husband. I was in a circumstance in a situation where someone clicked on my husband, right? And as they were clicking on my husband, I stood and walked around my husband and stood in the front of him and I went off. Well, here was the problem with my going off. We were with all our children and youth from ministry. I'm so ashamed of that this day. We were with all our children and youth from ministry. I did not pause. 
I did not think about the consequences of my actions. I did not think about the decision I make and what I was saying and how was it going to impact others and how was it going to impact my witness with, uh, with others and how was it going to impact my relationship with others? I did not. I just went off. I just, I, I went off. You don't talk to my husband like that. You don't disrespect my husband like that. You don't say nothing. My husband was so calm and so chill. He was not moved by what this man was saying. And the reason that he was not moved by what this man was saying, because he knew that nothing the man was saying was the truth. Nothing he was saying was the truth. Nothing was to say. But at that moment, because I didn't pause and pray, you know what began to happen? I killed my witness with the very kids that I needed to minister to. Because I told, I told absolutely every last one of them that it's okay for me to allow my emotions to lead me. It's okay. It's okay. I don't have to consult God. I'm in my right stance. I'm dealing, doing what I need to do for my husband. And then I got checked by my husband later. He was like, don't you ever do that again. <laughs> I didn't ask you to stand in the gap for me. I didn't ask you to stand up for me. So let me give you one more scripture. I didn't need you to stand in my way. I, I was good. I, I was good. So at that moment, so let's go over to no, no, numbers 20th verse, right? And let's read that. It says in the first month of the year, the whole community of Israel arrived in the wilderness of Zen and camped at Kadesh. While they were there, Miriam died and was buried. There was no water for the people to drink at the place. So they rebelled against Moses and Aaron. The people blamed Moses and said, if only we had died in the Lord's presence with our brothers. Why have you brought the congregation of the Lord's people into the wilderness to die along with all our livestock? Why did you make us leave Egypt and bring us here to this terrible place? This land has no grain, no figs, no grapes, no pomegranates, and no water to drink. Moses and Aaron turned away from the people and went to the entrance of the tabernacle where they fell face down on the ground. Then the glorious presence of the Lord appeared to them. So they took their problem to the Lord. They took the problem to the Lord. They took, that's what they did first. They took the problem. When they took the problem to the Lord, the Lord's glorious presence was in the place, right? When the Lord's glorious presence was in the place, right? The Lord said to Moses, you and Aaron must take the staff and assemble the entire community as the people watch speak to the rock over there and it will pour out its water. You will provide enough water for the rock to satisfy the whole community and their livestock. So Moses did what he was told. He took the staff from the place where it was kept before the Lord. Then he and Aaron summoned the people to come and gather at the rock. Listen, you rebels, he shouted. Must we bring you water from this rock? Then Moses raised his hand and struck the rock twice with the staff and water gushed out. So the entire community and their livestock drank their field, right? But the Lord said to Moses and Aaron, because you did not trust me enough to dis demonstrate my holiness to the people of Israel, you will not lead them into land I am giving them. The place was known as the waters of Mirabah, which means arguing, because there the people of Israel argued with the Lord, and there he demonstrated his holiness. Because Moses had a trust issue, because Moses failed to trust God, he did not obey and follow the instructions of God. The moment that he said, the moment that he got before back before the people, they were probably murmuring and complaining, right? He was angry because he said, listen, you rebels. 
And all he had to do was go take the staff, assemble the community as the people watch, speak to the rock. God didn't tell him to say anything. God didn't tell him to do absolutely anything different. Moses took it upon his hands to do what he felt was right because he didn't trust God enough. And because he didn't trust God enough, he didn't get to go into the promised land and neither did Aaron. They were careless. All they had to do was follow instructions, but they were careless enough. They were too careless. And when he struck the rock himself, he was trying to demonstrate it in his own power. When we try to do things ourselves, we are trying to demonstrate it in our own power. When we won't rest, when we won't be patient, right? When we emotionally respond to a situation, we, he was trying to demonstrate it in his own power. He was tired of hearing the complaints. He was overwhelmed. He was angry. He was mad, but God gave him a specific instruction. He said, I am telling you to speak to the rock. He never told him to strike the rock. He told him to speak to the rock. When God is giving you instructions, when you hear the word of the Lord, when the scripture comes forth, you're held accountable to that. Right. And a lot of times, because I have so many notes on this, right? One of the things that I wrote was how the Holy spirit was not emotional. Right. But because he made decisions based on his emotions, it led him to a more difficult situation. And then he didn't get to receive the promise of God. When we allow our emotions to lead us instead of submitting whatever the situation is to God so that the glory can rest on the situation, guess what happens? Then we miss the opportunity for God to get the glory out the situation because we're trying to get the glory out of the situation. Anytime we try to fix something on our own, it's because we are trying to get the glory out of God in our situation. And nothing else, right? And not, and not, and nothing else. And nothing else. When we resolve it, when we do it our way, it's because we want glory from it. It's because we're saying we know better than God. And when we're doing it, it's because we're being led by the emotional response instead of letting the Holy Spirit be our guard. That that's it. That that's a I, that's a lot. That's a lot to chew on. That's a lot. That's a lot to chew on, right? And if we like to be elevated and lifted up and we like praise and we like all those other things, then we will for sure choose our way over God's way because it yields the, the result that we want to experience in our flesh. And remember, we are not to be what? Gratifying or led by our flesh. We are to be led by our spirit. And when we are led by our flesh, our flesh, our flesh looks to satisfy the flesh. Let me give you a couple of scriptures and we're out of here. Proverbs 29, 11 says fools give full vent to their rage, but the wise bring calm in the end. Proverbs 15 and 18, a hot tempered person stirs up conflict, but the one who is patient calms a quarrel. Right? Proverbs 143 and 10 says, Teach me to do your will, for you are my God. Let your good spirit lead me on level ground. <laughs> Anytime we are in our own emotions, I'm telling you, 
nine times out of 10, we are not on level ground. There is no way that I would have stepped in front of my husband to defend his honor when he's supposed to defend my honor. There's no way I would have stepped in front of him. If my emotions, if I was led by the spirit, if I was on level ground, <laughs> level ground, if I, when you are led by the, by the spirit, you get to experience God's will for you, right? God's will for you. When you are led by the flesh, then guess what you get to experience your will for yourself. Our emotions lead us all the time. Galatians 5 and 16 says, so I'll say walk by the spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. You'll save relationships. You'll save relationships. You will save relationships. You will save yourself from heartbreak. You will save yourself from missing your uh, opportunities, your chance to advance, right? <laughs> if you will submit yourself more to the, to the spirit, than you do to the flesh. That's it. That's, I think that's good. So when I ask the question, what am I saying? When I say, what am I saying? What am I saying? <laughs> what am I saying? What am I saying? What did I just say? Right? <laughs> what, what did I just say? Why did I just say this? What am I doing? What am I saying? What am I responding to? I love y'all, right? Anybody need Jesus? <laughs> I love y'all. This is the time. Don't wait till tomorrow, right? Don't, don't wait till the tomorrow. No, the wrath of man does not produce righteousness. It's going to cause calamity. Today is the day that you make the decision. You say, you know what? I need a Lord and a savior and Jesus Christ. I'm going to give you my life and I'm asking you to forgive me of your sins. And then we're going to begin to see the hand of God in our life. Few things tonight, ladies Bible study. If you've never been a part of ladies Bible study, send us an email info at justbeinglmj.com. Second thing, pillow talk. If you've never been a part of the pillow talk, you need to get in the pillow talk. This is the last pillow talk of the year. We will not have another pillow talk. We will not even have pillow talk in December as we've had for the last four years. No pillow talk in December, July. The Lord told me July is the last pillow talk. Fritzy Hemphill, which is a very good friend of mine, is going to be leading us in healing our soul trauma. <laughs> Right, Fritzy, you, you need to be a part of this. She's a licensed therapist. This is going to be amazing. So get registered for that pillow talk. Last day of registration is July 15th. Very limited spaces. Um, Friday, we have if we'll be back on if um, feed the streets is Saturday. We need 10 volunteers. If you want to be a part, if you can't right? if you're not, if you don't know how to be a part, um, um, send us an email info at just being LMJ. We have a virtual workshop coming up July 31st, Vivian Harris, Harris, Jessica Thompson, and myself, we're going to teach you how to navigate through virtual learning for the school year. It is a free workshop. Get in on this workshop so that you can learn how to navigate through the school year, right? You're going to get, we're going to give you strategies. All of us have had experience in virtual teaching, right? So definitely do that. Um, what else? That, that's it. That's it. Anything else? Get on the website, get subscribed, go over to the YouTube channel. We love you so much. God loves you. Oh, consider partnering with the ministry. Go over to the website, LakeishaMJohnson.com. You can see all the ways to partner. You can see all the ways to partner. You can see all the way. Carolyn, send a case of water, send some granola bars. Even if you're not here, 
sow in to feed the streets, you can do it. We'll give 500 meal kits out on Saturday, 500 meal kits out on Saturday, 300 of them go to a nursing home and it's a need in the nursing home. So definitely. And then always pray for us. We love you so much. We'll be back here in the morning, 5 a.m. Learning how to manage these emotions. Love, peace, and blessings. Thank you for tuning into our podcast. If you would like more information about LMJ Ministries, log on to LakeishaMJohnson.com today.